BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Every day, our world gets a little more connected, but a little further apart. But then there are moments that remind us to be more human. Thank you for calling Amica Insurance. Hey, uh, I was just in an accident. Don't worry, we'll get you taken care of. At Amica, we understand that looking out for each other isn't new or groundbreaking. It's human. Amica, empathy is our best policy. Welcome to the Total Car Score Podcast, bringing you the world of cars from inside the car. And now your hosts, Carl Brower, Lauren Fix, and Javier Mota. Well, today we're not inside a car, but we're going to talk about cars, obviously. Today we are with Sean McLaughlin. He's the CEO of Founder at Emporia Energy. How are you, Sean? I am doing great, and thank you so much for having me on your show. No, thank you, and uh, for full disclosure of the whole, the, the way this whole thing happened, uh, I was contacted by your company PR agency about uh, your products and all that, and uh, by coincidence, uh, one of my neighbors is just doing the transition from an ICE car, internal combustion engine car, um, actually two, I think he's giving up a Jaguar and a Mercedes-Benz. And he just got a Tesla. So your company provides or manufactures a lot of products for the house, including charging stations, right? Yes, correct. We've actually been hard at work since 2018, building what we call our smart home energy management system with the idea that we can revolutionize home energy. So tell us about it because there's a lot of learning that people have to do uh, and my neighbor's example is perfect because he has the general idea, like everybody else, that gas is getting more expensive and uh, electric is the future. So what are the things that that most people are confused, not know, or like need to know when they make this transition? Uh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think one of the biggest fears people have is what they call range anxiety. And a couple of years ago, I bought my wife a Tesla, and she was one of those and was worried about her mileage and fuel. And if you ask her now what her favorite thing is about her electric car, it's that she never has to go to the gas station. Yeah. 90 or about 80 to 85% of all charging takes place at the home or workplace. And so we have uh, at Emporia developed a level two. 48 amp EV charger that you can install in your home. And when you come home at night, two or three times a week, you just plug in the uh, the car and she's ready and full for you in the morning. It is just so convenient, not uh, time consuming at all. And what you'll find is that you run your car from about 40% full to 80 or 90% full. 
And in that range is plenty for kind of your daily usage of a vehicle. And the range of anxiety becomes a pretty quick immune point, right? Now, if you're going to travel long distance across country on vacation, that's a different matter. But the vast majority of our travels are to work, to school, you know, community and daily commutes and range anxiety just doesn't seem to be a big issue there. How long did uh, it take for your wife to get comfortable? I always say that it's about two to three weeks when people don't know anything about recharging an electric car and then finding out, like, oh, there's a station here at Whole Foods or there's another one uh, by the shopping center. Uh, but also like having it at home, how long did it take her to get completely comfortable with it? Yeah, probably about two to three months. And I would say in the two plus years she's had her vehicle, she's gone to a public charge station two or three times. Um, so very rarely does she have to stop and charge when she is out and about. It, uh, as like I said, 90 for her, 99% of her charging takes place at home. We, we live in Colorado and can have some colder climate months here. And I think that about two to three months into owning her car, winter hit in Colorado, and that's when she really turned. She was just so appreciative that she wasn't outside freezing at the pump, trying to pump gas <laughs> in the middle of the winter. Yeah. Well, you, you just added uh, another element to the learning curve. I mean, I'm in Florida, so our winter, quote unquote, lasts like about two weeks. We had like three consecutive days starting below 50 degrees. So for us, that's like really bad. But there in Colorado, you have like about three months of this, right? Like like really severe weather that can really affect the, the performance of uh, an electric car. It, it can. Um... We've found, so my wife has a Tesla. I recently took delivery of a Rivian, um, the SUV oh, wow. version of the Rivian, which I just really am enjoying that car. Um, and we have a home up in Vail. And so I'm actually leaving after work tonight to go up to Vail and try and get some skiing in tomorrow. And so we go back and forth into the mountains, and especially in the winter climates. And you'll notice both that a lot of... Uh, mountain climb, like hilly climbs and altitude will affect your battery and you know range and so will extreme cold weather. But what we have found is that it's not maybe nearly as extreme as, as people will worry about. We're about 95 miles from door to door from our home here in Denver yeah. and our home in the mountains. And if I take my Rivian up and I have in you know zero degree weather, it uses about 115 miles worth of range instead of the 95 mile worth of range. So it does get a little bit worse range, but again, it's got a almost a 300-mile range. We have a house up there that we plug in as well, and so it hasn't been a concern. The Tesla seems to lose range a little bit more. I think it's much more fuel efficient, and so again, the weather and the snowy roads and hills will affect that fuel efficiency. And so it will use maybe, instead of 95, going up the mountains in a really cold day, 135, 140 worth of the power capacity. Yeah, there have been uh, uh, several reports published recently about how much uh, electric cars lose range in cold weather. And apparently, Jaguar does a little bit better than, than the Hyundai Kona, for example. So that's something that people will have to learn while doing it. I think like reading it, but like 
as you experience it, you're gonna get more comfortable and learn how, how to deal with that, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Now, you know, I, I've got college age kids and, and recently graduated kids, and they don't like to plan ahead more than maybe five minutes. <laughs> and so <laughs> sometimes when they're using the car, they'll uh, you know, be inconvenienced by it. But as long as you're thinking ahead of where you're going to be going the next day and how much battery charge you'll need, it, it's very, very manageable. I, you know, the other thing I would, would say is that you know, if you think about electric vehicles, we've really been investing a lot in them in the last five or 10 years, where ICE vehicles we've been investing in for you know, well over 100 years. Yeah. And the technology is just in the early stages, especially around battery capacity and range. And some of the battery capacity that is already being built and, you know, scaling up to be delivered, uh, you know, more energy density, more range, more longevity. So over the coming years, this is going to be less and less of a concern. Yeah, absolutely. But uh, let's uh, remind uh, the audience about the three known levels of recharging. So you provide level two uh, charges for residents and also for um, industrial services or like uh, providers? Yeah, like commercial settings. So commercial. the three different levels, level one, two, and three. Level one is when you're charging from 120 volt AC. So it can plug into kind of any outlet, that same that you plug a lamp into, and it's gonna charge your car at a rate of about 15 or 16 amps and uh, of power. Level two uses 240 AC power, so it's still AC to AC power, but instead of a 120 outlet, you plug it into a 240, so the same kind of outlet you'd plug your, your clothes dryer into. And yeah. with that, we can charge up to 48 amps. Now, the car has an onboard inverter that changes the power from AC to DC because you have to store power in DC. And typically, that's the limit on how fast you can charge with an AC charger. And most of the new cars onboard at inverters are about 11.5 kilowatts or 48 amps. And so it kind of matches up to that. Above that, if you want to charge faster, you need to put it uh, a DC charge straight into the car so you don't get kind of held up by the onboard car inverter. And those DC chargers are considered level three. And those can charge all the way up to you know, 250, well, they're bringing stuff out for the cyber truck, the Tesla truck at 750 kilowatts. So they can be really, really sized up, you know, quite a bit. And some of the even new passenger vehicles can handle 250, 350 uh, kind of kilowatts. Yeah, yeah. And, and, you know, so, but, but let's put that in range. You know, those are all the numbers that maybe can confuse him. And again, we have exactly. two different vehicles, a Tesla Model Y, and we have a, a Rivian. Our 48 amp, charger level two will add about 40 miles an hour of charge to our tesla so over a three or four hour period you can add you know 160 miles to it again you're sleeping it's plugged in it's in the middle of the night plenty of time to charge my rivian will add about 20 miles to gallon bp added more than 70 billion dollars to the u.s economy in 2022 Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. 
See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. At Amica Insurance, we know it's more than just a house. It's your home, the place that's filled with memories. The early days of figuring it out to the later years of still figuring it out. For the place you've put down roots, trust Amica Home Insurance. Amica, empathy is our best policy. And the difference is literally fuel efficiency, the aerodynamics, the weight of the vehicle, how much yeah, you can go on the same amount of power. And so 20 miles a gallon on our 48 amp. And so if you think about a level one, it's going to be about you know a third of that. And if you think about a level three, it can be three or four or five times that. Yeah. And even uh, putting it in a like, much simpler terms, let's, let's think about like a hose, right? So the, the thicker the hose, the more energy or flow into the car. So that'll make it faster. I think that would be a good uh, yeah. way to put it up. Yeah. So let's talk about yeah, the specific products that Emporia is making and why are they different from other companies? There are a lot of companies, right? Like you have a lot of competition. Uh, yeah, more and more so e each and every day. And um, we've worked really hard to differentiate ourselves, I, I suppose, um, I think in a couple different ways. You know, one is that we are really focused on smart home energy management and the electric vehicle charger is just one piece of that. It's an important piece for several, you know, a lot of homeowners. It'll be the largest energy consumption now in the home uh, behind the HVAC system. But we've spent, you know, our time and effort and research and development into integrating the electric vehicle into the home energy ecosystem. And how do we charge the car as efficiently as possible based on your utility rate schedule, based on other energy activity that's going on in the home and based on whether or not you have yeah. on-site generation. So we can do things like solar only charging because our system can identify when you're producing more energy than you're using and can activate your EV charger to absorb that excess solar production before it goes back to the grid. A lot of our competition has really been focused on being an EV charging company and they have DC fast charging networks, which again are used maybe 10 or 15, 20% of the time. And they've integrated their chargers with that and don't have kind of a home usage integration. So they're kind of outward facing to the DC charging network. We're really inward facing to how does this work with the home and the grid? And so that's what we've been focused on. The, the second thing is we really believe in doing everything we can to deliver um, an extremely uh, positive consumer value proposition. And we believe that's customer service. So we have live customer service folks that answer the phone and can help troubleshoot any problems you're having. We believe it's in features. And by integrating with the home, we have more robust features. Again, the solar only charging was just one example. But then the third thing is cost. We have a much more direct to consumer business model. We have um, a much smaller staff because we're not out trying to build DC fast networks all across the country. And um, and yeah. so we're delivering our 48 amp EV charger on Amazon for $399, where ChargePoint, for example, is selling it for 750 And um, um, yeah. when you look at the difference in the product, 
you know, they're very, they're the same specs. They have the same warranty. And if you're an electrical engineer, we absolutely challenge you to take the covers off both of them and dive into how well they're built. <laughs> and we believe that ours is is built very solid. It's was built more recently. So it's using, you know, some more recent relays and some other things. So it's nothing. It's an AC charger. There's not a lot of complexity to it. Why pay two, three hundred dollars more when you're really getting the same equipment? And so that's really what we've tried to differentiate is just delivering that consumer value proposition. Yeah, that's great. Uh, talking about the solar panels, that's a whole different chapter, right? But uh, again, like the technology is basically the same. I mean, the, the panel, I mean, I don't know much about it, but like, can you explain how can those be different or can be the same? from company to company and then the, the and the price for the consumer yeah, can be when very different. When you look different. at the actual solar panel, it, it is difficult to differentiate them. Obviously there's aesthetics, right? What it looks like, how sleek it is, what color it is. You know, some of them will look a lot nicer on your roof than, than others. Um, the power per panel is another piece, right? You've, you know, traditionally we had 250 to maybe 400 watts per panel. And we're seeing now new panels being released that are, you know, 500, even 600, 650 um, watts per panel. So you're getting more power and more energy efficiency out of each panel. And that just kind of follows Moore's Law, where we see improvements year on year. And the other thing that's kind of following Moore's Law is that the price to manufacture and build continues to go down. And again, the cost of EV chargers, again, let's take put aside supply chain and world pandemics, but in a normal supply chain, you yeah. know, we're, we're running 20% cheaper every year. So it gets more and more affordable. They get more and more effective. And that means more and more costs. Now, where it really differentiates is at the inverter level, right? So you have the panel, it's going to produce DC power. You're going to convert yeah. that into AC power to run your home. So you have inverters and you have string inverters, you have micro inverters, and there's a little bit of different makeups and shapes and in, in that and price differences as well. And so really it comes down to the inverter system and the user experience that comes along with that inverter. Yeah. Well, it's uh, very difficult to explain all this uh, uh, amount of knowledge and terms and numbers, but uh, where can uh, people find out more about your company, specifically at uh, your nationwide? I guess you're based in Colorado or like. Obviously, you sell on Amazon. That's like not only national for the world, but I guess. Yeah, we, we sell across all of North America. Um, we sell both through direct to consumer through e-commerce, like our Shopify store and our website, and and Amazon. About seventy five percent of our sales are North America. About twenty five percent of our sales are in Western Europe, and so we get a lot of um, traction in Western Europe. Although we haven't done really any marketing or advertising. We just put our product on Amazon and there seems to be really good demand there. The other maybe 30% of our sales, we do B to B to C. So a lot of solar companies, solar installer companies install our product oh, along okay. with your solar panel system because of our live energy management tools, we'll get more efficiency out of your system. Our system will be do things like pre-cool. We can adjust your thermostat automatically a couple of degrees when you have excess solar. Again, so we're taking advantage of that solar before it goes back to the grid. And then when the sun goes down, you don't have to run your air conditioner as hard. 
right? We can detect, again, when you have excess solar and charge your EV. And you don't have to have an Emporia electric vehicle to do that. We can do that through the car API that we've integrated with. So we have a lot of solar installers that use our product as the energy management system for the home and the kind of user experience. So one of the advantages for me compared to Colorado where you live, here in Miami, I get a lot of sun, so I might take advantage of that, right? I mean, that will generate a lot of energy with solar panels here. Absolutely, absolutely. And, and believe it or not, Colorado is the second sunniest state behind Miami, or Florida, excuse me, behind <laughs> Florida. We get a lot okay. out here too. Um, but yeah, places in the more of the southern part of the hemisphere or southern part of the country, definitely Arizona, California, Texas, Florida, is where you see a lot of solar adoption because it does make more economic sense because of all the sunshine. Excellent. So um, we're going to put all the information on our description here for this uh, podcast episode. And uh, the website is emporiaenergy.com, right? That's right. www.emporiaenergy.com. And you can also find our products on Amazon, whether you search Emporia or just Level 2 EV Charger or home energy management or energy monitor will pop up right there in the front. Excellent. Well, thank you, Sean. Uh, enjoy your skiing trip. Really jealous about that. I wish I could be doing it too. And um, yeah. uh, we're going to publish our video, a whole installation of this station that we have here with my neighbor. And I think he's going to be a very happy customer too. That sounds great, Javier. I appreciate it. Maybe you and I can do a swap. I'll come down to the 82 degree weather for a week and you can come out <laughs> Let's do that. Thank you. Take care. Bye. Thank you for listening. For more, check us out online at TotalCarscore.com. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.